yo, yo, it's Fans of Power with Tyler and Joe. Go! <laughs> oh, dirt. All right, go ahead, you guys. Do we got Tyler? Okay, I killed the show, apparently, guys. So, everybody's oh, dead. No, no, no. I, I'm getting, oh, I says off-air on my end, so that's why I was waiting for Doug to say, and we're live. Oh, no, we're live. It's going. No, hey, hey. Oh, we're going. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, all right. My, my apologies on that because I'm like, it says off air over here. Okay, all right. Anyway, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this is episode 81. If memory serves me correct. Yes. Uh, of fans of power. I'm Tyler Baker, maybe known as T Rex in some circles, maybe known as that guy who gets pissed off a lot of stuff and others. Who knows? And, you know, typically I would follow up with, and with me as always, is Joe Amato, but. I've been issued a, a change to the show here, you know, that, that, you know, it, it's, it's, it's already well known that Joe is overly well known by everybody. He, he, he overshadows me. If, if there's anybody who's caught in somebody's shadow, it's going to be me on this podcast, not the other way no. around. I'm always going to be in Joe's shadow here. No, you're not. So, so not only is Joe, outshine me in in that regard he's more well known than i am on the podcast i'm i'm just the the new addition to maybe you know the fan community or however you want to look at it to, to oh it. that's not true and you know joe feels that being he's the most popular guy of the show he doesn't seem to understand the concept of what a nickname is supposed to be to most people a nickname is something that people give to you because of something that you do, something yeah. that, that's a cork of yours, something that you are, you're reacting to certain things. And they, they give you a nickname based on that. Like for some reason, Joe started calling me T-Rex because he just, I don't know why. I, I've never claimed to be a T-Rex fan or, you know, or anything that we never had any T-Rex related conversation. He just calls me T-Rex. Okay. I'll, I'll, that's fine. But <laughs> according to today, I, I got a memo from from our from our corporate office that issues that Joe Amato is going to be from now on known as Mod Joe Locke, formerly known as Joe Amato, and he completely does not get the fact that he you can't just bequeath a nickname to yourself because you feel like you're entitled to it. I, and I guess it's probably from Joe's diva status here that. When Joe speaks, the people stop and listen. You know, it's like it's like, it's it's the quote of the president's State of the Union address. You know, but uh, I I told Joe I was like when he does like, you need to call me Modulot, man. You know, that's my. I'm like, you can't just give yourself a name like that. The whole nickname purpose is that people have to call you that. So I'm going by what Joe has told me here, that he from now on wants me to introduce him as Mod Joe Locke. And I can only assume he's got some customized T-shirts and merchandise already ready to go. Being the customizing, you know, the salesman that he is. So I'm sure he's got hats, keychains, lunch boxes. It's like, you know, Modular Lock the T-shirt, Modular Lock the breakfast shirt, Modular Lock the flamethrower. So... That's right. Now on, there will be no more um, 
Joe Motto, no more rotten motto. I have to go with Majo Lock. And then repeat it like the commercial. Majo Lock. Majo Lock. Majo Lock. Majo Lock. Okay. I, 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 I told you I, I wouldn't embarrass him. I wouldn't make him look stupid. I said, okay. Hey, I knew you were up to something. No, that wasn't <laughs> – I, I just knew it. I was like, I knew T-Rex was going to do something crazy. But, no, I mean – Yes, there's been fans that have said module lock, you know. They wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. You made no mention that. You just said, I want to be called. You're like this, like, module lock. You're like Cousin well, Cody on step. I said, <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Well, no, because I thought you knew. I mean, there's fans that have said it because they caught on to the gimmick of the mask and the name. So I figured, hey, it's a cool nickname. They're kind of saying it because, well, I just thought it would, you know, be kind of catchy. I mean, everybody's got their thing, and I knew you turned to this. I know I'm not trying to be a diva. I did not say Tyler, you must call me Modulock. I am God. No, I just thought, hey, you know, some fans are saying it, thought it'd be cool. And oh, just said, of course, and I came up with that whole thing. The minute you said that, I'm like, I- I'm gonna write that into the ground where he's telling me you need to introduce me as Modulock, man. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm like, you dork. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. So, so I, from now on, when Joe turns over the introduction uh, to the show, I will only speak of him. Now, during the show, I'm like, all bets are off. But I will introduce you, Joe, as Mod Joe Locke. Okay. Well, I, now, when we have guests on here who are not familiar with that, you're going to have to drop your diva status because I'm going to introduce you as <laughs> Joseph Amato, the third. Yes. No. I'm not going to say, you know, hey, Dolph Lundgren. No. Meet Mod Joe Locke. Huh? No, no. I wouldn't want you to, like I said, do it like that. Like I said, I was like, hey, you know how like, I always say Tyler T. Rex Baker? I was like, you can always say Joe Mod Joe Locke, Amato, or something like that. I said, eh, whatever flows. So, well, don't believe them, people. It wasn't a deal status. It wasn't like that. Local Walmart and stuff like that, you know. Meet Modulock in person, kids. Thanks. Get your own Modulock mask. And you know, and you know what? For Christmas they're gonna have a pancake breakfast with Majo Lock. Not Santa this year, but Majo Lock. Thank you. I get fire department. See, we'll have to do it. A whole bunch of autographs signing. But yeah. well, with a crazy intro out of the way, first I wanted to say for fans out there, you gotta go to He-Man World because they got an exclusive from Mondo. You know, the ones that are making those bigger-sized E-Man, Skeletor, Faker. Yeah, the, the uh, biggest poster prints that sell out in five minutes. You can never get one because they only make 50 of them. Well, they have an exclusive. They have a preview, uh, a, a little, you know, exclusive preview over at He-Man World of an upcoming figure. I won't say what it is, but they have, like, a little weapon they showed of it. So you got to check that over at He-ManWorld.com. It's pretty cool, and it's, it's exclusive to their website. So that was cool that they got that. So that's out of the way. There's not really much for us for new news. I mean, everything that's been said has been said about any of the new stuff from Loyal Subject stuff, anything else from, you know, pre-ordering the figures. We know that. One, oh, one other quick thing. Uh, Peter Parker Quinones, um, he's... He showed a picture of one of his local comic shops, and God, I apologize uh, that I forgot the name, Peter, but um, y'all, that are those pop, the Funko Pop figures, they got a Trap Jaw one that they released, and it's out pretty freaking cool. So at his one comic shop, I'll try to find out the name of it at the end of the podcast, and of course, I can link on our website for everybody to know, or in Facebook page, but uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. So they got another pop figure. So that's pretty much the new news, I think. Can you think of anything else, or... Did I miss anything? Only, co- only thing that comes to mind is not it's not He-Man related, but it connects to the people that are behind the movie rights. And it just helps solidify that, you know, 
that Sony is dumber in the head than a hog is in the ass. You know, that it just, it just, it just solidifies that, you know, people should be hitting the panic button with these people in charge of the movie. When they, when they announced that not only are they doing the Venom movie, but they went ahead and cast it and are going to release a Venom movie before Venom is actually introduced in a Spider-Man movie, the way he should be properly done just because they got the rights for it. So for people who are big Spider-Man fans, I myself am a humongous Spider-Man fan. It just made me think, oh boy, if they're going to go do this with the mythology of Spider-Man just because they got the rights and damn it, they're going to use it. He-Man fans are like, do you really think they're going to have our best interests at, at hand at putting out a quality? No. So I, when I saw that news, I know a lot of people were happy about it, but that was one of the first things I thought of was that, oh great, this is the people that, are, that have the rights to the He-Man movie. And they're 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 gonna force feed a Venom movie and make him a cool good guy and anti hero thing instead of doing the, you know the 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 Venom that we know and love and introduce him properly. They're gonna throw it out there because they got the rights, just like with Heat. They're gonna throw it out there because they got the rights. So, hey, and you'd probably you have the chances of seeing that movie before the He Man movie. They're probably gonna put all their focus into that because well, at least with the Venom movie, they have already announced Tom Hardy playing Venom, which I was not too keen on that one either. No, no, stuff like that, what you just said there, though. Now all attention is probably going to be focused on Venom movies, more Spider-Man movies. He-Man is just going to get thrown to the back burner. It ain't going to happen. Just I want it to happen, but it ain't going to happen. Uh, it just, I, I just feel like people just need to be pushing for, for you know, if you want good news, Sony needs to lose the rights to the movie. That That's the best news. Or it gets delayed again because it just shows you it's getting further and further away from these jerk-offs and the corporate offices of Sony saying, you know, we're going to make Skeletor the 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 the, the a radical bad guy, you know, the kind of cool bad guy or something like that. They're going to make He-Man, you know, a, a wisecracking guy with like an Andrew Dice Clay accent or God knows what. <laughs> the thoughts so, aren't scary, but yeah, it's scary. So I, I just, I just, that's the only thing I can think of. It's it's not really He-Man news, but connect kind of. So okay, all right. Well, appreciate it. too much there. Oh, like I said, at least some bit of info. But, uh, okay, well, we have, like, three different kind of little topics and things we were going to discuss. We always flow naturally with it, whatever. It's not like we just sit around and say what we're going to say. It's just it's going to flow with it. So with that being said, what would you want to start off with? Because we have our character spotlight. We have a discussion of three things that are our tops. And then something else of comparing two people. I think let, let's start I'm off. Go. I, I uh, uh, jumped the gun last week. I guess I think it's better off to start off with the proper uh, addressing of the, the fan question we received last week about our top three mini comics. Okay. And that was from Eric Amon. I hope I said your last name right, Eric. I apologize if I didn't say it right. But uh, yeah, he said, what are your three favorite mini comics? And well, I'm, I don't know. Maybe I can start off with it because here's the thing. The last time we did this, my kind of like heart really wasn't into that episode, you could say, and I kind of really didn't give my real top three. There was never really any thought thought behind it. If you people go back and listen to the episode, it's not too easy to figure out why. Yeah, I just wasn't, I wasn't into that episode, and I kind of gave three kind of eh ones. Well, first one that is my favorite, or one of my top three, is The Terror of Triclops. I mean, not only is it just a beautifully drawn mini comment from Mark Texera, but... This is one where, you know, you see Skeletor is, he's always failing. He figures he can't defeat He-Man. He knows he can't best him. He's got, he has to find a warrior that could, you know, defeat him. And Beast-Man is the one that suggests to Skeletor that 
there's somebody named Triclops. And Skeletor's like, oh, yeah, you know, the hunter Triclops. You know, I'll use him. So he uses magic to pull Triclops in to, you know, convince him to try to fight for him. Even though what I like is, like I said, not that I'll give the whole thing away, but you get to see Triclops right from the start, not taking any mess from anybody. I mean, like, you know, he's speaking back to Skeletor. Beastman doesn't like it. I love how Triclops just grabs him by the throat shoves him up to a wall and threatens to like you know use his pelt and to hang it up you know in his you know in one of the, his rooms or something but I, I love the viciousness of this hunter but Skeletor kind of promises him like hey you know you do this for me and then you know maybe you know you'll have some kind of power to rule with me if you can defeat He-Man so He-Man is just relaxing He-Man's relax and this is where you don't see Prince Adam transform into He-Man again this is just He-Man battle axe shield no power sword you know, he's just kind of, you know, the, a warrior. But he's sitting back relaxing with Tila, Battle Cat, and Ram Man. And they're just kind of having the time to relax. Well, Skeletor uses his magic to try to separate them all. And he first kind of like uses a mental message to kind of like convince Battle Cat, hey, you know, you're restless. Why don't you go look for a cave or something? And, you know, Battle Cat's under this kind of spell. I'm, I'm restless. I'm going to a cave. And as he goes into this cave, his eyes hasn't, hasn't really adjusted to what's in there, and Triclops is in there, and his eyes, because all his different kind of ways of vision and seeing, he's already set. Knocks out Battle Cat. Goes out is Ram Man. Ram Man sees, sees Triclops up against a tree. Triclops is like trash talking for a headbutt. Triclops on the side, knocks out Ram Man. And then you see, he comes. This is another thing I like. You get to see the flirting from He Man. You know, like caressing kind of like Tila's face, talking about her beautiful hair. And Triclops comes in to mess up that moment. And Triclops, he backhands Tila. But what he's doing is he's defeating all of them. And he even defeats kind of in a way, gets the best of He-Man, you know, by using a blinding light. But He-Man eventually, he regains his focus in his eyes and he defeats Triclops. But this one from beginning to end, just had a lot of interesting action, things that were happening, beautiful art, great story. I mean, I don't know your thoughts on it, but that one, that's one of my top three favorites. I try to just sum it up without saying everything, but that's basically one of them. And you better start to say everything there. I know, I wanted to try not to do it all, but I was giving just, that's why I loved it, just seeing how Triclops, they showed how, you know, how badass he was and besting everybody and not caring who he fought. That that's definitely um, it's not my top three, um, but I, I I hold that one. If I was making a top ten, it would definitely be my top ten, maybe even my top five, mm -hmm. um, because I love Triclops and hit the way he's portrayed is probably one of the best best things that he's ever been um, portrayed as. I mean, through throughout Filmation, NYP, that many comicas. Yeah, you could you could argue if someone were to say that they felt Triclops most shining moment was his own mini comic. I'm like, I'm not going to argue with that. It was a damn good co mini comic. It's so, no, and it's in Triclops is, is my favorite of the original Fab Five evil villains. Um, so I, I, I love him to this. So now that's, that's a fantastic choice. Um, right. My number three is, is uh, Search for Keldor. As we discussed last week, I'm, I'm a big Clamp Champ fan. I love Ninjor to death. Um, I like Faker. I love Scareglobe. And the artwork is great. It's just a fun, you know, uh, bad guys versus good guys, duking it out left and right, showing the badass capabilities of these new heroes and villains. Simple story, you know, if you haven't, you know, heard uh, our previous episode, episode 80, we go into a whole search for Keldor. 
of, of why it's such a great mini comic and that's um you know if, after you listen to that you'll understand why why i love it so much and uh, i can't hammer hole enough i'm a big clam champ fan so that's one of my biggest reasons for it so that that's my number three is, is search for keldor and that's another good choice you're right we really discussed that last week and that is a fantastic one i mean it's i think that was burned maybe into my head a lot just because like i told you last week i got all them figures at the same time so i had so many copies of it you couldn't help but want to keep picking it up and i don't look at it even though yes it's the same comic that came with almost all of them i was flooded with that comic so it seemed to always pop up somewhere wherever it, i was there's certain comic. ones that you know you know that it, you wouldn't mind probably being flooded with and i don't recall as a kid being flooded with multiple i remember having you know a, two of the snake attack mini comics because i had both tongue lasher and rat lord Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't recall having a whole lot of uh, duplicate mini comics um, as a kid. I just Snake Attack, I think, was the only one that I that I had. Uh, maybe Clash of Arms, but I only remember the one copy. But I had to have had because Evelyn came with it, Fisto came with it. I think that was it of, of that batch. At least as a kid, the characters that were pitched, and I think that was yeah, just just those two. I think I had doubles of. Anyway, all right. Well, I think I know eventually when we get to our number ones. I know what yours will probably be, but no, now you, I'll go for my... You have no idea. Fans don't even know. Nobody. Well, we'll see. Well, as for my number two, I love the Warrior Machine. This one being, even though, yes, I know this is, I think, one of the ones you always questioned the art for Hordak, saying, good, he looked like an old decrepit man. Yeah, he looks like a, a man who's like, ask me about my grandchildren. <laughs> you know, yeah. he, but you know what? For whatever reason, as a kid, this one was scary to me the art it was it was definitely different but i mean even the part where you see drag store going from you know the oh, i like has, there, there are certain things that many comic that are drawn very well and drag store's transformation is, is very you know kind of an old school hard the transformation from human to to uh, warrior machine creepy um, yeah very creepy yeah. and i also like that when you see drag store you know he's a when he's a peasant, he's a completely different looking character, and then he becomes Dragstore, and was frightening. And you see how fast he flies out of, you know, the fright zone. And they're basically going to go to now Eternia to test his new warriors. That's what Tordak's wanting to do. But when he gets there, you see, like, there's some games going on, some local, you know, warrior games, whatever. And Extendar's there, and, you know, he wishes he could be, like, you know, maybe as strong as this hero He-Man. You see Dragstore flying by and extendars impressed by that now you hear what i'm saying even though i love all the action that was going on and how freaky this comic looked after i read it there was parts that confused me which i'll get to but no so extendar sees him and then hordak shows up and then he kind of in a way promises extendar hey i can make you strong like this would you like to be strong like your hero he-man so he takes you know extendar gets him to the fright zone and he does the experiment on him too but Hordak doesn't want to do the full strength of that machine on Extendar because he said he doesn't want him to be as powerful as how it Dragstore became. So he only used part of that. So you got to keep in mind Extendar, once he has this experiment done to him, and then Hordak tries to tell him to now attack He-Man, all you have to say is, I am Extendar, the Tower of Power, and you know, you'll unleash your power. And so he says, do it. And he says it doesn't, you know, it doesn't work. But then later say it and then he does it and 
it works and he becomes super big. You know, everything extends on him. I love seeing how, you know, strong he was, but just to think, even though he's, you know, strong and doesn't have the same power as He-Man, from Hordak's logic, Hordak said Dragstore is more powerful. So even though he's fast, it's like he's supposed to be super strong, but another one from the beginning to the end, and just like the other one, but very creepy. Like I said, I like the art because it scared me as a kid. And if you guys haven't read, if you haven't seen it out there, Warrior Machine, read it and you'll see. At least maybe you can see how from as a kid, I found this one spooky with the, the way it was drawn. I mean, Hordak, like you said, even ways where he looks like he's old and decrepit. Sometimes it was still frightening, though. You know, there was some. Part and I can say it is. It's a good mini comic. Don't get me wrong. There's there's nothing wrong with this mini comic. I mean, it's good. The art, the art is good in it. I just found Hordak's, you know, interpretation a little bit questionable. But everybody else, Grizzler, Leech, Extendor has that robotic-looking face like the toy. Then you see him in other mini comics like Snake Attack, where he's got a human face. Right. So it's interesting to to see the interpretation of the toy in this, because this is the one that Extendar came with and he's got this robotic face, you know? So you, you kind of like is, is, is Extendar. I mean, obviously he's got extendable robotic parts, but you kind of almost felt like he's still human in this to a certain extent, but you see this, it's like, he's, he's a full, full blown robot with the, with the brain of a human still. Like he's, yeah. it's like Robocop. Like, he has no problems remembering anything, but he looks like a full-blown robot, but has the brain of a human. Yeah, and don't they even mention that in the comic? They talk about when he extends about how his mechanic parts, how he, you know, extends by his mechanics. So they let you know, definitely, they describe more of the mechanics of him compared to, like you said, some human features or anything like that. Yeah. Yep, so that was that was a good one. That's my number two. So, uh, well, what's your number two? Number two... They have to picture like a big number two flashing at the screen here, and then my my choice just you know, spins towards the screen here and stops, and it's uh, Hordak, the ruthless leader's revenge. And uh, that this was a, a personal favorite of mine as a kid. I used to frequent looking at a lot, and because um, it had a lot of characters that I didn't own as a kid, um, you know, like uh, Jitsu, um, uh, see Manny Faces, Roboto. I mean, there's seemed like there were so many in there. I own most of the horror triclopses, and I didn't have him. Um, Wasn't that cool that they did that though? Because you know, usually the later mini comics they didn't show a lot of the early evil warriors as yeah, much. Yeah, as I mean, he, triclops was only, is only shown in one scene and maybe given two panels, but they do a good job of, of pushing the current roster of villains, of which at that time was was Spike or uh, the Horde. And I think that was it. Like, too bad, too bad is not featured in this. Um, but um, from the previous year, you're you're given Jitsu, Cobra Khan, Whiplash, um, Evil In, Stinkor. Oh, I forgot Stinkor's featured in this, and not a real prominent role, but enough where he's, he shows at the beginning to end. Um, and he also was an '85 character the same year. So I mean. For a, a book that's supposed to really be focused on the Horde, and this is one of the things I, w- I wish we could have Larry Houston back on and ask him more about this if he would remember this, but the point of we're, we want we want to push the evil Horde, but we want to also push you know, the current wave of evil warriors from last year and this year, and then all these heroes that have been released for this year and the year before last and the year before that, because you've got 
uh, Roboto, Manny Faces, Ram Man, Cyclone, Man at Arms, Tila, Orko, He Man, all these characters featured in this one big battle. And you got Hordak coming to, to uh, uh, you know, kind of start his revenge and, and decides he wants to team up with Skeletor. And it's just it's just a great build up of, of establishing the, the hatred these two have that they're clearly, you know, backstabbers, especially Skeletor <laughs> in this. And just one big royal rumble. I mean, to, to, yeah. I mean this is to have the Horde and the Evil Wars team up, take on the Heroic Warriors, and then the Horde and the Evil Wars turn on each other, attack each other. Then you've got the <laughs> Evil Warriors turning on each other and the Horde's turning on each other. And it, it, it's just, it's so beautifully drawn by Larry Houston. It's, it's colored great. All the heroes and villains get, you know, not everybody gets to shine in it, but a lot of people get featured prominently in it. You know, you know Jitsu kicks, kicks Leech in the face. Cobra Khan and Mantan are duking it out. Grizzlor and Whiplash are duking it out. It's it's just action packed. Go, I mean, I think we I think we we have done a, a review of it, but hell, you can go back and do another one maybe in a, in a much much later episode of the podcast. But it's it's just pure action, you know, heroes and villains. I mean, it, it is to me, I've, and I've said before, it's the Royal Rumble of He-Man mini comics, and probably a, a, a lot of the media too. You're not going to get to see this many characters. In one big battle in front of Castle Grayskull, you know, it's just mm-hmm. uh, that's a very reminiscent of the William George posters where he's advertising all the factions coming at each other. You know? Right, and that's a good description though. <laughs> if you were to you know give a wrestling reference, because you could just picture you know the bad guys you know are to take out the good guys, but then suddenly they turn on each other. You could picture that. Well, like, it's like, you know, you know, you all, it's, it could be one of those Royal Rumbles where you get them all in the ring, the bell rings, and everybody all hell breaks loose. And then you have an yep. accidental, uh, over the top, like Jitsu manages to do to knock Mantana over the top rope, which pisses Grizzlor off. And then they turn. Le- yeah. Leech and Jitsu come at him because what are you doing? We're working on the same side here. And then Whiplash comes <laughs> up. The hell's going on here, guy? And then they go at it, you know. And the good guys are standing back watching all the madness happen yeah, while they eliminate each other. Rumble. You got friends turning on each other by accident or. You know, intentionally, so they can get a shot at whether it's just to win the thing or to win the belt. But I, I, I could just picture, it, and I, I would love for someone to illustrate a Royal Rumble illustration of all these guys that are featured in this story just beating the hell out of each other. And you see some guy going over the top rope, or and you, you've got uh, uh, let's see, Cobra Khan's holding on to the, the the bottom, only one foot touched the ground. And, or something like that, you know, it, it would it would be so cool. Yeah, well, hey, for Mantana, it'd be different. All four feet would have to touch the ground. Yeah, all four. Mantana <laughs> has the advantage on that one. He certainly does. Mantana, I, Mantana could be the one to win the Royal Rumble. Where he goes over and, you know, that's it's like, oh, wait, no, all four feet touch the ground. He sent, managed to skin the cat, comes back in the ring, bumps him in in the back, and he goes over the top rope. Man, China's won the shot at the title. That's know? right. They show the replay. Only three of his feet yeah. touched. Only three of his feet touched. <laughs> it, it was like a big conspiracy, like when Shawn Michaels, you know, everyone thought he was eliminated, and Bulldog won, and now he comes over and knocks him out. No, only one foot touched the ground, and yeah. it would be a great storyline. you got He-Man and Mantana in a in a feud all the way up to WrestleMania for the title. There you It'd go. Well, that's a good, that's a good <laughs> choice. Well, that's a really good choice. I mean, again, like I said, the big Royal Rumble of uh, all sorts of characters. I mean, heck, it wasn't even Spider in that, or am I mistaken? Sp- Spider, Landshark, 
the Bashasaurus is featured in it. I mean, it, it's yeah, you get to see all the vehicles too. Yeah, a lot of yeah, vehicles. It, it, a lot of stuff is featured in it, and it, it it and it was it was a feast for the eyes as a kid to see all these characters that you know because I'm I'm only getting to watch the cartoon very rare on TV and mostly on just VHS as, as listeners know, and you know I didn't have a lot of the many comics that featured you know a whole lot of them. So it was a big deal to see a lot of these guys, let alone all in the same book, fighting each other. So it was, it was, it was, it meant a lot to me, and still does because it's, just, it's such a damn good story. I mean, from a comic book standpoint, I mean, that's what you want to see. You want to see action in comic books, and yeah, and I mean, He Man. I mean, is they 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 certainly had, you know really did a fantastic job of illustrating these sword and sorcery barbarian characters beating the hell out of each other for a common goal, whether it's to protect Grayskull, save it, recover this, or stop it from doing that. And that's what we want to see. We want to see these guys beating the hell out of each other in just big, long, drawn-out fights, you know, muscle against muscle, sword against sword. That's what we want to see, and that's what you get. Yeah, and I think that's what's memorable about so many of them, especially the one you said. I mean, not only is it loaded with so many of the characters fighting it out, but seeing the vehicles, but you relate that then to the figures you'd have. Of course, you're going to look at your figures like, oh, man, it was cool to see Landshark. Sometimes you can't say you never reenacted what you'd see in the mini comics. So you'd want to take Oh, it. yeah. I mean, I, I tried to reenact stuff when, when I could. And, and of course, I had such a – I, I had a decent collection, but so many of the characters from 85 and back were, were, were harder for me to get. I had some of them. Not all of them, but certainly not the ones I desperately wanted. So. Yeah. It was kind of filling in the gaps and trying to recreate what I could with who I had. Definitely. Well, good choice. So, well, here's my top pick. And my top pick is Escape from the Slime Pit. This one, I think the reason I loved it so much was, <coughs> I, was I mean, I was obsessed when, when the, I mean, I'm sorry. The, oh, my God. I just did a, oopsie. The Comet Warriors, Thunder and Rock On. When they were out, I mean, I just, I was obsessed with that transforming feature. I love putting them by Castle Grayskull. I love putting them then by, you know, Central Tower of Eternia eventually, you know, when that came out. But I just, I like the look of these guys. So to see that they had them in this along with more of them, because I wanted more. I was hoping, I was like, oh man, are we going to get that green guy? Are we going to get that pink woman? Are we just going to get more of these things? And, you know, of course it never happened, but I thought it was coming. But you got to then see the slime pit. You got to see what Hordak was trying to do, where he wanted to, you know, make slaves out of, you know, just people, beings, whatever. And he was going to do it for these, uh, you know, the Comet Warriors. But they're peaceful people. And you get to see how He-Man, his character, because he stands up for them and he's saying, no, instead of you turning them into your slaves, he was like, you do that to me, but let them go. And Hordak's like, okay, I'll do that. And then he was like, but I lied. I'm not going to let them go. And he turns He-Man into, you know, a, a slime monster. But then you see, it's like, he bested He-Man. You know, and not only, of course, I just freaking love the art. I mean, again, another well-drawn. There's a really cool guy. shot. There's a, one, one of my favorite panels. of. I mean, it, it would be, you know, if you had like a top 10 memorable panels, there's one of He-Man walking towards the Fright Zone, and there's this yeah. nice shadow effect. I love it. it. it he, he is as serious as a heart attack on, on his way to the Fright Zone. It looks so it's menacing. It's menacing. Yeah. I know what you mean because I use it's, it's long vertical panel of him walking in you know, a one fist, you know, in it's the front. Scary. Yeah, just very stern and serious. And he had this nice shadow effect on his eyes. And yes. Very, very cool. Very cool. 
Yeah, you know, that's funny you say that. I mean, that's the exact image I used for when I made a custom slime pit He-Man, a vintage one. I took that image and put it on the card front for like the card front, you know, front art that they used to do. But I put it there because I was like, man, that is just such a memorable scene. So I guess, you know, great minds think alike. I thought the same thing. Love that. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, he's just throughout the whole thing, you know, he was drawn well, but that one was one of the creepiest. And you see that he's wanting to use him to, Hordak wants to use the slime monster to now defeat Skeletor because if he's to even touch him, I, he's supposed to like sap him of his power or something. But yes, eventually he confronts Skeletor and Skeletor has his terror claws and He-Man, he has the good in him to not still want to kill Skeletor. That's what you always like about the stories too, is seeing that even under control, He-Man knows he can't do this. He doesn't want to do it. But I think it takes something, I don't know if it was called the Sunstone. I'm trying to remember what it was exactly, but the Rock, I mean, the Comet Warriors had to use that to break the the spell and get the slime off of him. So that's what I guess eventually shattered it off. And He-Man then comes, saves the day at the end. But I, I liked also, I love how some of the Horde characters were drawn. I mean, Grizzlor looks so hulking and big. I like how he's sitting there, like, around, I think, that pink female one, and maybe it was Rockon or the green guy. But he was a big-looking dude. Everything was just so well, you know, drawn in this comic. Like I said, I, I loved the... I think I was, I was obsessed with the Horde, because as you've seen, two of my picks were Horde-related ones. But maybe it's just, you know, like I said, I'm going by memories. As yeah, both, both from the same year, too. There you go. I didn't even realize that, but good memory. But I, I think well, that's yeah, like, yeah, those, yeah, the same year. Yeah, yeah as I almost, I'd, I'd forgotten you had Triclops for your third pick. But yeah, yeah. you're definitely a fan of some of the '86. Well, you got Eternia. Uh, the Rock Wars were '85, but um, you know, Drag Store, like, Sandal were both '86 characters. Yeah, so. it just. I, I think that, like you said, you just relate it when you were a kid, and maybe it's just as much as I played those things, but when you're having the slime pit in it and all these horde characters and, and things you were hoping to see that didn't happen, but when it's all drawn, and like I said, it's just action from beginning to end, just like we said the others, it makes for a fantastic comic, and you get to see, like I said, evil. Who, who can't get into that at some point? You know, you're thinking, oh God, He-Man's an evil guy now, so I think that's what made it kind of interesting and shocking as a kid. You know, it, it's it's looking back. It was really cool to see the Horde get their own mini comics. Like it wasn't always a, even the Skeletor was featured in it. He has such a small role in it. It's because it, the Horde you know, are the sole villains of it. You know, much like the Warrior Machine, and you know, and several other ones that the Horde are featured as the prominent villain. And it, at some point, the Snake Man would have their. Uh, few times to shine on their own without Skeletor being there as the tag team partner of them. So it was, it was cool to see the horror featured, you know, as, as the, as the main villain multiple times throughout the many comics and not feeling like you had to tie it into Skeletor to help, you know, make the connection all the time that a kid could purchase, you know, the slime pit and maybe one of the first thing he gets and he sees the horde as, you know, the, this is the big, these are big villains here and doesn't really see the connection with Skeletor other than He-Man's going after him. But it, it's just, it's just cool that, you know, they, they felt that, you know, we, we can push these and not always have to tie it into, we're going to cross them over with Skeletor all the time. Yeah. And that's what makes me wish, uh, you know, of course we know it couldn't happen, but I always wish the Horde 
like th- like how they were in the comics. I wish they were like that in the cartoon because the cartoon, yes, there could be times definitely they can be taken seriously, but the cartoons for both He-Man and She-Ra later on, as you know, just felt too safe if you will. These, I never felt safe reading these mini-comics. I've seen this horde. They were frightening. And could you picture them if they were in the cartoon like this, the way they acted, the way they looked? I mean, that could have made the cartoon, oh, I think, quite different in some people's minds. There, there, there are moments, and we'll have to highlight some of those, and I always go to For Want of a Horse. When I, like, you want to illustrate Hordak as a, as a, as a son of a bitch. That, that, <laughs> that's, well, that's probably my go-to is For Want of a Horse, just simply for the speech he gives to, to Swift when um after his capture but uh well, yeah times, I mean, right. yeah i mean there are times but the many comics never shied away from you know the villains doing what you want expect of them to make he-man's victory that much more exciting and, and, and powerful and, and mean a lot more from the beginning ones to the the texera comics where you know skelter's going to sacrifice tila to a demon you know because many faces is, is turned into a monster and they're going to whether the the demon's going to eat her or burn her alive in his pit, who you don't know what he's going to do. But the, the kind of thing where you felt like these villains are going to be doing things that maybe as a kid, you know, you, that's just kind of what you expect. You look back at it as though, like, wow, that's really cool, you know, to see the, these villains were going to be, you know, attempting to kill people or sacrifice people or, you know, do this, and you're like, wow, man, that's. It's pretty ballsy. Like you don't look at it as some overly conservative parent, you know, from the eighties. You're like, oh my dear lord, what is my what is my child reading here? You know, <laughs> you, you appreciate that the villains are portrayed like this in these little pocket sized comic books that came with the toys, and mm-hmm. it's it's something that just goes to show you that, that He Man is the greatest toy line ever. I mean, they, it would. Well, we we were so fortunate to have gotten so much with that toy line, to have a cartoon that meant so much to us. Lots of action figures, heroes and villains, all colorful and unique. Comic books that came with the figures. I mean, for Card, I mean, we do this with all '80s toys, but to have card art that that stuck with us as kids, you find the internet, and I'm sure at some point as a He-Man fan, you start wanting to know the card art. I, I remember there was an image of of, of you know Fisto is punching Skeletor with his big fists around like all these craters and, and stuff like that. It sticks with you that this storyline had so many elaborate things going for it that you may not have talked about it a whole lot with your friends or, but all these images were burned into all of our brains. I mean, there are sections on websites devoted to just box art and many comics and things like that. I mean, we're, we've had, it's just, it's, it's so elaborate and amazing. And I, I hope fans really do appreciate that, you know, not everybody got this kind of quality with the toy lines. Like, you know, G.I. Joe had a long-running regular comic book. So did Transformers, great box art, things like that. And, uh, I mean, Turtles, same thing. But, you know, I just felt like He-Man was given so much wonderful attention it was, for, it was for almost, run. It was, it was like a perfect combination. I mean, not only did you have an amazing-looking figure, but then – Figures with action features, which we talked about last week, even if it's as simple as a power punch, but then it had a mini comic. It had the catchy front art of that, just that red and that blister explosion. Then you turn it around and then there's card art on the back. It's like, it was just loaded with everything. You did not want to wreck the stuff. You know, think about stuff nowadays. You go to the store and you buy, oh, here's the new figure. You rip it out and you throw the package. You don't even care. It's like, there's not even 
the product. Look at the beautiful art. Oh, there's no mini comics. There's nothing great on the back. You rip it, you discard it, you have a nice figure. Isn't it just, I mean, it's strange, but it's the truth. It's, you don't even care about yeah. it. So, yeah, yeah, but I but the, the the packaging stuck with me a lot as a kid. So I it's I mean every everything did, and you know obviously we all learned that you know we were not the only ones, and it was it was great to know that there are people that felt the same way that you know when you're kids you, you remember this stuff and or you you remember parts of it, but it had such an impact on you, and that's why we're here today. That's right. So uh, to wrap this up, my number one, of course, is the Clash of Arms. Um. Just because it, 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 you know, it featured characters I did not own except Fisto, Evelyn, Skeletor, and He-Man. I didn't own the rest of the cast in that mini-comic. And um, it, it just stuck in my head that, that this this is how I perceive villains. Like, it, it was a book of featuring, you know, if you're not familiar with it, and after listening to this, if you're not familiar with it, I want, want to know that you went and looked this up online or got, got went and bought a copy or you got the Dark Horse book that you looked up this mini-comic. Because, I mean, just the, the portrayal of these villains is just, you know, hand-to-hand combat fighters, all of them, you know, attacking Fisto. And you're looking at Clawful and Jitsu, which to me were the shining stars for me as a kid. I just thought those were some of the most kick-ass, badass villains I'd ever seen in my life as a kid. And I... I I used to you know, want to be clawful as a kid, walking around with my hands like this, and you know, I didn't, it was just, it was I just thought they were just the epitome of badass. They, they just are drawn great. They're serious, uh, and um, I think you know, real quick, I think Whiplash stuck out to me the most because he could have killed Fisto. I, I just love yeah, seeing and, how and Whiplash, Whiplash was very imposing to me as a kid. Like, and I hadn't yeah. seen him in the cartoon yet. It was just just that mini comic and coming up as a big hulking beast, like the final uh, uh, confrontation that Fistos went through the gauntlet of Jitsu and Clawful and he was being beaten up left and right, you know, before the thrown into the arena of doom. And now he's got to take on Whiplash and it really looks like Whiplash is going to finish him off. And then He-Man shows up with Strider to save the day. But it, it's, it's, it's a simple story. And, and you're focusing on the, the muscle and the evilness you know, the, the evil of the villains in this. It's just, it's just awesome. It's just so, so cool. I mean, it's Jitsu was not given a whole lot to do throughout the entire run of Masters of the Universe. And I hope to God that, you know, if there's ever a new canon, a new media or whatever, that Jitsu is featured prominently and taken seriously. And there's none of this fear of like, well, he's Asian. Can't use an Asian uh, bad guy. We might piss people off or some nonsense like that. You know, it's, which I always kind of felt like may have been one of the reasons why Jitsu was not used so much and a whole lot of stuff. I know that was an issue is in in the filmation cartoon, um, but I, I thought they were you know you had Webstore and Triclops in that same quartet t- attacking Fisto and it's just it's drawn beautiful by our man Larry Houston and just yeah. um, I, I've talked about it so many times on this podcast. If you you haven't looked at it by now, you know you don't you don't need me to sell you on it because it's it's just I hold it in such high regard higher than any other other mini comics have been put out. I just love a big fight, just you know fights. And that's, that's all. It's all I want to see these guys taken seriously. To me, this mini comic showed that. So and it also showed, in, I mean, you know, very well. I mean, the points you made are, are great, but it also showed that. You don't need He Man to make a great comic. No, no, he was and, and, it never really. 
bothered me as a kid that He-Man was not featured until the very end and comes in with a, a laser a gun. Yeah. A gun. Yeah, and shoots one of Skeletor's soldiers in the head. Yep. You know, and uses Stridor to tear down the arena. There's no power swords and no battle yep. axe, no shield. Exactly. Laser pistol and and shoots wet it shoots whiplash right in the chest and face too. Or at least exactly. the black lit, you know, illuminates all over. But uh Right. It could, it's still carry the, the villains carry this story because Visto does lose, and yep. the villains it are does. the star of this, and and that's what makes it sometimes a good story. The villains still show, yeah, and that's what they do in this one. No, I mean, I mean, you're definitely right. And He Man showing up, like you said, to the very end, and all he has is this laser pistol. There is no transformation. There's no power sword. There's no nothing. And he does what he has to do at the end to quickly save the day. But, I mean, your attention is held from, you know, the start to the end and just watching this battle. And how is Fisto going to defeat these characters? And you see that he wasn't going to because Whiplash probably would have killed him if He-Man didn't show up. But, again, yes, the story was great and it didn't even, you know, focus around He-Man. So uh, that's when you know you could do something great. If you can make it something that is that memorable for fans and to be your top one without even He-Man being, the, you know, the focal point and the main person, then you obviously know what you're doing. Yeah, because you, you don't need a complex story. You don't need to find come up with some sort of random artifact for our heroes to chase after, and you got to stop Trap Jaw and Clawful from getting to it in time. You know, in time, just showing one guy taking on a bunch of evil. I mean, a bunch of villains, a bunch of evil dudes, and yes. going through this gauntlet and showing how badass they're one right after the other, building up that even though they may lose, they're established as characters that are not to be trifled with, not to be taken lightly. And that's what makes good villains. And, and it's, I can't phrase it enough. I'd love for us to go and do like a retrospect on this particular mini comic Sunday, just talking about it from beginning to end, not, not every page and panel, but just praising the hell out of it. I mean, my first axle drawn I ever collaborated with an axle was, is an homage to clash of arms. So yeah, uh, I remember that. That's pretty cool. I, I love it. I love it so much. So those are our top three. There you go. Yes. Official top three, real top three. So those are that. Now, before we get into the character profile, you got to let me go with this. I want to flow on something first, then you can jump in, but I have to flow because there's something that's kind of, for me, that's always annoyed me. Well, I don't like this either. Just so you know, before you dig into this, this is an argument I've seen more than I want to remember, and it pisses me off too. So. Exactly. Oh. But oh. It's, yeah, I, this one, just, uh, you're right. It gets, oh, there you go. Well, it gets us both, but this one really eats up at me. Is years ago, I would see in different, you know, fan pages and websites and groups and everything, people for some reason want to say Mechanic is worthless. Now, this is th not just that. I'm getting to something. I don't know if it was when the MYP cartoon came out and it kind of got into their heads more. I'm blaming see... That's what I'm blaming it Okay. On. Well, we'll get to it. But people would say this to me. Two things, or not to me, they would post this. Two different things. One, either Mechanic should be killed off and become Extendar, Mechanic and Extendar when they're the same gimmick. And I said, guys, I said, hey, I appreciate and I know you're entitled to your opinion, but I was like, how is it these two are similar? I said, okay, Mechanic's neck extends. Okay, that's great, which it can extend super far. But Extendar, he extends his neck. He extends his waist. 
his arms, everything, and he becomes the tower of power, as you just found out, because that's what kind of led to this, is as I was thinking this, I was thinking the other thing, but he is super strong. He's one of the strongest people on Eternia now because of his new power. Mechanic, his neck extends, but that's where it ends. He isn't super powerful like Extendar. He doesn't everything else go. And also, Mechanic has the big vision to become, he's the reconnaissance guy, which is one of the most important people in battle, in war. You want that person that can be like, okay, I wonder where are the troops? And he looks up and he can see like, you know, a thousand miles, whatever, hypothetically, through the mountains or any vision to see through stuff. You need this guy. And then he can be a fighter also. But to say that they're the same person because they both extend, and, and so like, why have one if the other does it? That's ridiculous. And to think, kill off Mechanic and say he's worthless, I just, I never liked that. But I think, I don't know if it was MYP making people think he's worthless. They figured, oh, well, he does his extended neck. He can't do nothing. But he can fight. He can fight. He can see. He's important. And I even brought up the one time, not to be sarcastic, but to say, okay, well, now that we have Buzz off, should they kill off Stratos or should Stratos become Buzz off? Because they both fly and they're like, oh, well, it's not the same. I'm like, no, no, in a way it is. You're saying if this guy extends and this one does, they're the same, then they both fly. So what makes them different? So it used to irritate me. Again, I appreciate and I respect all their opinions, but I just couldn't believe it. I was like, how? How could you say that Mechanic should die and become Extendar? Or why make one without the other? So that's my rant. You go into yours, but oh, God, did that drive me nuts. No, I, all right, people who say that I don't respect their opinion, at least on this. No, I can, you can respect people, but it's, it's, a, it's a dumbass argument. You know, I mean, there, there's, I mean, not only, we have so many figures that feature some of the similar gimmicks. Where you got Snout Spout, Snout Spout, Cobra Con, Dragon Blaster Skeletor, all shoot water. So why not argue that too? Uh, well, we don't need Cobra Con because Skeletor's got a dragon that spits water too. Like, you know, it's, it's, there are some overlaps a little bit here and there. Like, Fisto punches. So does He Man with the power punch. You know, are you, you saying we don't need kind of just basic human beings who just are more about hand to hand combat and, and fight? They don't actually, something that flips over their head or they spin around in a full 360 and up into the air or they're flocked or they, you know, it just feels like, there are going to be a little bit of similarities. I love the I love the idea of having multiple flying guys. I wish some of the evil warriors had flying guys. I love yeah, having a character, you know, evil bat character, not not the Spillians from NYP, but I mean like a, an evil bat like character or you know an yeah, evil dinosaur. Yeah, I used like to say that, that all like the time. Kind of all the time, I was like, people, warriors don't have anybody that flies for like the figures. It could have been cool to have a gargoyle person or something or anything would have been yeah. cool to have. And it, it, it just, I, I love Mechanic to death. I have I, I've, ever since I was a kid, I held him in high regard, him and Buzz off. Extendor, I wasn't even aware it was a figure until I think my first time being on the internet and saw that they actually had made a figure of him from the old Adam Tyner website when it was just pictures of toys and the vehicles and that was it. And that's all, all there was about He-Man, really. <clears throat> but I still love Extendor. And to know that, you know, you see Mechanic is portrayed as someone who can see, you know, various distances can do close-ups of characters. And, you know, like in Disappearing Dragons, when he sees Webstore and Cobra Khan, and then does like a profile close-up of both the villains, like a side profile mugshot, and then sees their, 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 their weapon that they're using, closes in on it. I mean, it just, just goes to show you that just, I mean, Extendor's neck is cannot go as far as Mechanex. Mechanex is, I mean, it's that that is his weapon is that he can look over great distances. 
and to see the enemies coming. And see you... the enemy. Even the Stratos and Bozov can fly. They can't see that far. Neither can Extendor. I don't care how tall he is. Extendor is, is just like your 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 big kind of like um, uh, tide turn. You know, when you it's like okay, it's like devastator for the uh, Decepticons, and all hell breaks loose. May not be losing. You're losing steam. You form devastator. <laughs> I mean, that's what Extendor is to the heroic wars. Like it's all right. I mean, turn it up, extend Ari, and then he just he just blows up into big size and starts smacking people around. Yeah, because when he came out, guy, you know what you want to know what's coming. You need Mechanet because Buzz Off and Stratus can probably fly out that way. And okay, he's yeah, we're 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 giving you the the um uh what's the I mean I think I mean they could fly out there and verify that. But what, then they I, have to come back compared to Mechanet. All but, they do is like you know it. Having guys in the air, you, I think I would, would want more than one guy on my team that can fly. If I can have two guys, one with a stinger lance and one that can fire beams out of his hands or, or has a rocket pack on his back to make him fly faster, who am I to sit there and say, well, you know, I've already got one guy that flies, so, you know, buzz off, you better hit the bricks, you know, because <laughs> people think it's stupid to have two guys who do something similar, you know. It's, it's it's idiotic to think that. And I, I remember the days when people would post that. And I blame NYP in that episode of Mechanics Lament. I was so pissed when that episode came out. And the, the, I hated Mechanics voice to begin with. But to have this episode, and I don't like this about any of the uh, Heroic Warriors. They do it with Snout Spout in the mini comic. I think they do it in one of the Star comics as well. I'm just a guy that you know blows water out of my nose. Who look good in my I'm like, hey, you guys are the <laughs> biggest batch of badasses. <laughs> there should be no reason why none of you guys. It's all right to have a let's add some person. Make one a hothead. Make one who's maybe slightly you know dim witted but strong, like Formation Ram Man. I don't want to see any of these guys moping around thinking that they're kick ass superpower and they're you know big biceps, shoulders. Big back, big legs. They all go to the same gym. Somehow feels that he's inferior because some jerk off rider decide I'm going to add depth to this character. Frank, I think it's kind of lame, man. The guy's neck distressed. This will make a great story. And while we're at it, we'll reintroduce our kick ass version of Count Mars over here. I hate it that they carried it on. And I blame that episode because so many people who may remember He Man as a kid come back and watch this cartoon and see this interpretation of Mechanic. And then they all think, oh, Mecha is such a lame character. It's just, you just want to smack the hell out of all of them. And then they carried on into DC Comics. He just want to smack the hell oh, out of that time, too. That, yeah, that was annoying with the teal and her whole thing with Mechanic. I hated it. But you know what? There's two points to bring up about Mechanic in general. One, first, do you think when the people created Mechanic, the toy back then, they created him with the intention of, hey, this guy's neck extends. He's pretty worthless, but we'll make him. What do you mean? They made a gimmick of like, hey, it'd be cool. His neck extends and he can see far distances. That was his whole gimmick of supposed to be able to see with those guys. He's called the human periscope for Christ's sake. You, know, you look there at you the go. packaging, it's just the human periscope. You understand what a periscope is? Oh, gee, no, it's like you stand all right. You know, it's, it's, the package says it alone that this character is different from the moment you see him. Completely different from Extendar. Exactly. You know, it's... When I played, here, here's the thing. When Extendar came out, 
with Mechanic. I remember the battles I would do. I'd literally try to get Mechanic on top of Castle Grayskull, and I always remember turning him to have his neck pop up to like he was seeing the enemies coming, and then Extendar would be in front of Castle Grayskull, and I remember extending him big and having him knock everybody around, and I even used Extendar as like a ladder for like the other characters. I would sometimes bridge a gap between something, and Extendar would be like a ladder they could climb up to get to something. I mean, it was such a blast, but I never stopped with Mechanic. Mechanic was a guy that looked, he seen the danger was coming. Sometimes I get him on top, you know, to be the one that would handle the lasers. But either way, I never stopped. And I never once as a kid thought, hey, these guys are the same people. Never did I think they were similar. No, I never did either. I, I just, you know, I blame NYP for that. It may not be the the only reason, but I'd say it takes the biggest part of the pie as to why people have a negative opinion about Mechanic because of how poorly said, he was done in it. Yeah. When like they throw out a bait, uh, I'll throw throw Mechanic out there. And you just feel like people see that and like, yeah, Mechanic, he's the weakling, he's the he's the bait to, th to throw out there to lure him into Snake Mountain. And you're just like wanting to pull your hair out because you know, th this is this this is not how these characters none of them. Not Snout Spout, Rio Blast, Roboto, Man at Arms, Stratos, Buzz Off. Go down the list. There is not a single person. Not a single character that should be portrayed anything more than, you know what, they're good at what they do, and we need them on my team. Whether it's the Horde, Snake Man, Evil Warriors, Heroic Warriors, they all have their spot. There is not a Winkling, not Stinkor, none of them. Nobody. No, like that's I said, that's not why they were created. Push it, you know, because what's how can you justify that, none, that there's a Winkling between any of them? I, I just feel like, yeah, it's, it's MYP. It's, yeah, they weren't that... created, like you said, with that in you know, with that thought in mind to become a worthless this, no good for this. But yeah, you're right. When NYP came out, and then when these DC comics recently, when they were doing their stories, they were pulling from the NYP stuff, the way they were talking about Mechanic and the worthlessness and how Tila felt. You could just feel that it was all NYP inspired. It's like you guys could quit watching that cartoon and pulling everything from that. Go back, read the other stuff. Try to give this with, you know, an open mind and realize why this character exists and what he was created for. But yeah, that rant just had to be said about that. I mean, that's just, it always killed me and still does when occasionally it pops up. I always think, just go back and look at these characters and realize, no, they're not the same and they both have their own purpose. And if they do it, they're all schmucks. <laughs> well, okay. Well, all right. Well, last thing. Which you can go into is the character spotlight you wanted to talk about. Who's it you want to talk about? Oh boy, I thought I thought I had ah uh, yes. Uh, one of my top five characters of all time here is uh, Mr. Mossman here. Mm, still, I uh, wanted to do this character bio for a while here, and we'll uh, you know try and not go too long about it. But yeah, go ahead. um, I I. You know, my first time seeing him, I mean, I, I knew of the character. I had the Stinkor mini comic, the, the uh, uh, um, Stench of Evil, I think is what it's called. Yes. Yep. Anyway, and, and, you know, he's featured in, you know, the River Ruin, some other things. And um, uh, there were um, one of my mom's uh, best friends from childhood had two daughters, and I went over to play with them one day. They were big Shearer fans, and they had Moss Man, and that was my first time seeing Moss Man. They got the, the the green the green guy the green guy with the, the, the you know I, I was four years old I didn't know how to I didn't, couldn't read I just knew him that's him and 
And these girls with all their Shearer toys and Crystal Castle, and they had Moss Man. It's like, oh, this is so cool, man! Shearer toys and Moss Man, and so that was—I just thought he was such a great character. He looks cool, and he's he always been a character that for the most part has been treated with dignity for the most part. Until you read the Leech mini comic, then you think, dear God, they must hate Moss Man in this mini comic. But crazy. you know, Filmation did not give him the best best treatment because he didn't show up towards the end of their run. But uh, NYP, one of the best things, one of the, you know, high notes they did do was reinventing Mossman and making him feel with Evil Seed, which seemed logical. Did you like but him as a godlike he's a, he's a, character? What's that? Did you like him as a, like a godlike character that they made for NYP? Uh, that, that I'm not, I don't, I, I, I'd like, because I'd like to think of all the heroic wars as relative, being on the relatively the same ground together. Like, I, I. That, that whole classic thing where he was de- around the time of Hero and the the uh, um, the piece of ass character King Grayskull. Uh, I just no, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I, I you know, people. I'd like to think of a separate roster of heroes and villains other than the Snake Men and maybe just certainly sent the Horde were around when Hero and Eldor were were alive during their time. I don't want to see Mossman living back then. You know, it's. I, I think it's great to have him control over all plants, and that he can he can you know create waves of you know you see this in NYP you know waves of fresh green plants and things like that, and bring life and and, and also use it to as create weapons right there on the spot. Turn his fist into like a you know a, a large plant fist or a big uh, you know spike or something like that. But godlike stature, no, I, I I I obviously he's a very powerful character. I mean, but to make him so much of a god character, I'm not, I'm not too fond of it. Because I'd like to think of, like, you see a brand new episode of He-Man or a brand new uh, comic book, and He-Man and Mossman are just on patrol because Mossman is one of the boys, not someone that only shows up when there's a, a disturbance in the planned kingdom kind of thing, even though that's a quote from the MIP. But I'd like to think of them always. He's on the same level of, like, Plant Chant Roboto. Cyclone, Man at Arms, just one of the boys. Yeah, can control plans, but um, look, look, wonderful character, great gimmick with the flocked uh, body and smell like pine fresh, and it just um, I mean, you, you can't find. Uh, the, I think he's one. Of the, I mean, well, I mean, always there's always somebody out there. But I ha- what the hell could you say negative about Moss Man? Such a great character. I love the character to death. Such an original concept. Um. I, I I could just go on and on and on here about Mossman. I yeah. love the character. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. It shows how clever some things can be. Uh, meaning, when that figure first came out, of course, you know, loved, had to buy it, got every figure that came out, just like Stinkor. But you know, the whole reuse of the character's head and stuff and to be Beastman—that's really something that when you're a kid, it it went right over my eye. I- I did not say that, and of course, I didn't own Beastman or Merman as a kid. So when I got Stingor, did obviously didn't know it for years, and did not know until probably the early days of the internet. Uh, reading that, um, or maybe it was one of my friends told me when when we got a little bit older before the internet. It told me 
that that Mossman was Beastman yeah. just for use parts. And I thought, wow, that is really cool because it, it looked like a completely different character. That's I mean, it was just so clever what they did. It just showed that if you can do a cool enough gimmick, you know, you could kind of maybe fool the kids to not realize. So I probably had him stinkor for a couple of years before one day when I was doing my sorting up on the shelves when I was younger, and I looked and like, and I looked, and then I finally called. I was like, look how many Beastman. And Marvin, they have the same body. And then I started looking at all of them. I was like, oh, my God, Stinkor is Merman. But it was clever because, like you said, they had him, you know, had um, Moss Man. He's flocked. He smells pine fresh. That's enough to fool you as a kid. So, I mean, I, I just love the character. I mean, the figure to death. And like I said, it was cool seeing him in some of the mini comics. Like you said, the Leech one that was just absolutely horrendous. Yeah. And Filmation was a lot I did love in MYP. Like I said, that they gave him so many new powers and everything. I kind of got a kick out of the, you know, I did like the imposingness of him being somewhat godlike. Something like it made him more respectable or serious i don't know what it was but something about that really caught my attention like that's kind of cool and look well i mean people. i mean obviously it'd be hard to argue that what he does in the nyp cartoon you know where he's like when he releases all the uh heroic warriors from skeletor's dungeon they're all riding on this tidal wave of fresh green plants yeah that's godlike power and i i mean but I don't look at him as, as a god. I look at someone who's, like, several characters on Eternia are extremely powerful. Skeletor is extremely uh, powerful. So is Horak and Evil Inn and King Hiss. Mossman is extremely powerful. So is Evil Seed. Yeah, yeah. You know, and not to say that doesn't matter to me. That doesn't make Evil Seed a god. Doesn't make Skeletor a god. They, I'm sure Skeletor wants to be a god and consider himself a god. But I, I still think of Mossman is still on the same level as the rest of our course, even though what he does, clearly, if you buy that, of course, you know, he doesn't do that in Filmation. He's the master of camouflage, you know, in the, in the original toy line and everything, and in the Filmation, too, where he blends in with the plants, which is what, how he's portrayed as, is that he can hide from villains, he can spy, you know, because you can't see him. But to give him you know, control over the plants and you know, anything he comes in contact can rise things out of the ground. And, and, uh, it's, I, I like combining that, you know, sure. If you know, take like parts of everything all together. Yeah. And there, there are, you know, there are parts that, you know, everybody likes to pick and choose what, what they like characters are portrayed in this and take a little bit of that. But I like combining what you've seen in the original toy line and combining that with MYP, because Mossman was treated very, very well, and I thank them for that, for treating him with love. I didn't mind the country accent they gave him, because it doesn't come off as obnoxious, you know. A little bit of a country accent, I'm like, you know, and they, they gave him, a, you know, a good deep voice, too, so it worked. And uh, I like the ponytail they gave him in the back that looked, looked really <laughs> cool, too. But, um, the, the, the vintage Mossman, or the vintage style, or like the classic one, I just have, that's that is my particularly favorite Mossman, is that look. Yeah, yeah. I always like the, the look to the cross, look to the side that they gave him, that kind of, you know, a little spooky evil one. Even the, I think the 2000 X figure of Mossman, they have him doing that look into the side thing. I, I like the little gimmick of that. I don't know, it makes him kind of creepy, even as an action figure. But no, MYP. What do you mean look uh, Don't you have. Well, Greg, oh, you mean the, the eyes where he's looking to the side? Yeah, yeah, looking to the side. Like, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's a very distinct thing about him is that they you know gave him 
a little bit of perception, like he's looking at, in, a, in a certain direction, and he cock his head as if like he's, oh, you done did it now, beast, and I'm going to kick your ass, you know. Yeah, he would, yeah, if, if <laughs> I was going to say, if a movie ever happens, he would be one interesting character to see in a movie. I'd love to see how they'd handle him in a movie. That would kind of be something else. He, he would look great in a movie, and I would love to see someone in a, you know, obviously they'd probably do motion capture someone to put a guy in, in an outfit and then, then create it with CGI. We're not fortunate enough for them to give, you know, a, a paint up a guy in a nice makeup and, and, and costume outfit and then add some CGI when he, you know, grow his hands start to change and they become, you know, weapons or something like that, or, or he starts you know, using his powers and things like that, or, or walks out, you know, completely blended in with the trees, and you see something slightly getting closer and closer and closer, and then it's him emerging from the trees, so. Yeah, because that's what I'd like to see. You could always envision that already, some of the evil warriors in the woods or something, you know, no one, you know, looking for somebody, and then they're by a bush, they're backed up against a bush, and then suddenly you see, like, maybe eyes go open up on a bush, and then, you know, he comes out to grab, you know, that could be kind of cool, so. I mean, it would be great, like to do like a maiming sequence, like like in the Rambo films, where Rambo's hiding, and he's he's taken out one one cop or or one you know Russian and Vietnamese you know uh, soldier one after the other, and you got Mossman hiding in the woods, and then he's all the these wars. Yeah, and he's just he's like hiding there, and then you see the eyes of him, just like in Rambo too, and he reaches in and grabs Webster around the neck. You know, and clubs him over the head, knocks him out, moves on to you know, chase after Stinkor. Oh man, it'd be so cool to do something like that. Oh god, there goes the the wheels are turning. But why the hell aren't we doing, in charge of doing a He-Man movie or a new cartoon or doing new comics and giving it to people who just praise the hell out of this stuff? Now we're gonna get to some schmuck who didn't know anything about He-Man. Well, it still ain't gonna happen, probably. But well, there's I know the end of our character, character spotlight. So before we wrap it up. What you got for us, T-Rex? Um, to uh, touch on something that was mentioned last week, um, Carson contacted me. He has been busy with some stuff, but he has sent me some inked panels. Um, and um, if uh, Doug could show that to us there. Um, you've seen one of these already, but he's inked two more panels and blocked out a character that's um, in those two panels there because he didn't want to spoil who Leech is carrying. Leech has captured someone and has taken him back to the Fright Zone. And you see Hordak is, is uh, um, you know, pleased with who he's captured. So that's part of the story there. And um, he's working on inking more of it. So hopefully in the next few weeks we'll have a little, you know, a little bit more and more and more and getting closer and closer to having a final uh, finished uh, uh, mini-comic for people to uh, purchase and check out. Um, so I was very thankful for Carson to send that to me, and, and hopefully, you know, in um, upcoming weeks, we'll have more and more to show to everybody. So hopefully, I think I was Larry. Larry Hubbard asked about that. So Larry, hope that answers your question. Anybody else that's been wondering about it? Um, there's a uh, there's your latest update. And um, my uh, recommendation this week is not necessarily an episode, but I recommend it is the greatest adventures of all. And on it is featuring three episodes that everybody has access to, but except the footage that was shot or made specifically for this release, which is the wraparound sequences of the sorceress introducing you to Eternia, who the heroes and villains are, and then kind of wrapping it up as to let you know that there's so many more great adventures to see 
And this footage is available on YouTube. Uh, James Etock has got a cl cleaned up version of this. And then there's one, um, if people are interested, I can send you the link or tell you where you can find it. And it's the VHS transfer, just like this, the way I used to watch it as a kid. And uh, it, it plays all the, <clears throat> all the sequences that the sorceress is talking, you know, introducing you to He-Man and the world of return. It's beautiful. It's, it's, it's to me, it's, it's, I would love to see that used in the movie to introduce a new live action movie with the sorceress doing narration like she does at the beginning of this. So that is my recommendation. If you've not seen this footage, it is available on YouTube. Check out James E talks, He-Man channel or ask if, or check in with me and I can send you the link for um, the other source on YouTube. Oh, good. At least you mentioned that. Yeah, there was a, a YouTube link. Cause I would say sure. Recommend something that nobody's going to be able to see. Nobody has this tape. They're not going to be able to find well, it. I'm, I'm, it's if you, if you find the VHS tape, you can get it on eBay or Amazon pretty easy and relatively cheap. And if you have a, someone that can transfer VHS tapes to DVD, there's a business, a local mom and pop business in my area that does that. And I've transferred it to DVD. <clears throat> Excuse me, get dry throat talking on talking here so much and um to watch it in vhs quality to me is the best way to do it because that's the way you have the, that slight grit to it it's not so polished the overly polished i think takes a lot of the charm out of watching a lot of these he-man cartoons you know what i think real quick i was gonna say maybe that's something you could do is maybe next week why don't you have a little bit why don't you come up with a little bit of trivia or something and then if the person you know gets the trivia correct why don't you burn them a copy of that let them have that gritty original thing burn and onto a DVD. That might be fun for somebody to own. That could be a cool little prize. I have to do something like that because it. I, I, I just felt like it's footage that I'm glad James appreciates it and puts it out and has put it out there. And it's, it's just footage that I feel like He-Man fans who love filmation need to see it because it's a very serious in tone. Like it, it really sets up the He-Man cartoon. And that's how He-Man was introduced to me through cartoon was watching that tape. You know, not so people it, have it, seen it that What's that? No, it's like you're right. Not, not many people have seen that. So have you? I posted. I posted on Facebook before. Did you oh, watch yeah. it? Yes. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. Okay. I have. So for people who are not familiar with it, check it out on James's channel or contact me, and I'll send you the link for it. And yeah, maybe I'll uh, <clears throat> try and work out something where I can get a copy made and. Uh, somebody who answers a trivia question that I put out that will not be one of Joe's, you know, I've changed the background slightly on this small rock pebble in the background at the stone and the sword He-Man puzzle here. Can you find which pebble I moved? Thanks. You know, nothing uh, like that. It'll be a, a trivia question that you have to answer to me. So. All right. Well, there, that'll be a spin. So, all right. Well, well, you go ahead. You have yourself a drink so you don't have your dry mouth. And Oh, yeah. And I will give uh, my recommendations like always. Like always, I say, go to fansofpower.com. Go to popculturenetwork.com. Go to hemanworld.com. And on Facebook, go to He-Man Master Universe Ultimate. Wait a second. Dirt, did you want to say something? Actually, yeah, I did have a few uh, takeaways to go over tonight. Oh, the takeaways. Cool. About the good old takeaways. Go ahead. Yes, after the uh, nickname debacle of 2017, uh, I would just like to point out that Joe Amato has awarded the Joe Amato Award of Valor to Joe Amato for being the best Joe Amato in podcasting today. <laughs> oh, uh, wonderful. Congratulations there. Thank you. Uh, we also know that founding a He-Man-themed pro wrestling group is Tyler's true calling on this earth. 
Uh, we found that out tonight. All right. Oh, man, I am very proud of that. <clears throat> uh, Daniel Maynard in the chat room believes that Extendar would actually be the better peeping Tom. That was something you guys didn't cover uh, in your <laughs> coverage of Well, that. I guess because Extendar could play a wonderful game of grab ass for the girls because his arms could go out both sides. So, yes, I do agree with that statement. <laughs> exactly. And uh, finally, due to international copyright laws, the Pop Culture Network does not condone Tyler's actions regarding sharing footage. Oh, yes, yes, of course. <laughs> you go. I, got, I forgot. No, I got to remember that. I apologize, Derek. Yeah, after... Tyler does his thing, you're going to do the takeaways, then I'll do the goodbyes. Yeah, I forgot about that. you got to always do the takeaways. So thank you for that, man. Okay, well, uh, yeah, I said the other ones. Well, here, let me do it real quick. Once again, go to fansofpower.com, go to popculturenetwork.com, go to hemanworld.com, and on Facebook, go to Masters of the Universe, He-Man and She-Ra, Ultimate Fan Group, all great places, all great people. So until next time, have a powerful day. I'm not an asshole. I'm an actor. I'm stumped on that one. We'll be stumped going off the air. I mean, air. that's just like a true statement, right? I mean, that's not that's not a quote. I always thought it might be taken that way. That I'm like.